participating at, at Kirtan. I realized the other day it was like when I was a child going to to synagogue. Yeah. You know? Oh, how lovely! And but it's the type of synagogue that I really <laughs> want to go to. <laughs> it's the spirit. Yeah. It's the spirit. I'm all for kirtans. When I came here, I was a little concerned because I didn't feel that there was collective prayer going on. Mm. And I asked here and there, are there any prayers going on? And I found out, no. And I said, I'm concerned about the fact that in Yogaville doesn't seem to, there doesn't seem to be any collective prayer. Mm. You know, when two or three are gathered, Jesus Christ said, that's where I am. What's happening there? And no. So then I found out about Kirtan. Mm. And that is collective prayer. And the scriptures say that God inhabits the praises of his people. So when a kirtan is going on, the presence of God is being conjured or downloaded, what the right word is. So you can feel it. At least I do, and I could have kirtans morning, noon, and night. Yeah, and it makes such a difference that it's in Sangha, that it's with other people. Right. can never be that powerful, I think, just by yourself. Or maybe it would just be no, different, but there's no. something so special about yes. well, being with others. It's not just a, something nice. It's spiritual law. Mm. It's a law. When two or three are gathered in my name, God says, that's where I am. So we're not only two and three, we're a big group. What does it mean to be gathered in God's name? It, it means satsang. Through them, the true meaning of satsang, the company of the, of the truth, for the truth, in the truth. So it's all about the truth. It's all about the truth. I mean, Sangha, you know, Sangha can be, we, we're, you know, in a party or, or in a group, but Sat Sangha, Sat, is gathered in the name of God, in the name of truth. And what is true? I think that is a question that we need to go within each one of us and find out because that's where it is. In India, they have a name for God. You've heard that. The name Kadavul means go in. They don't have a name for God like we do. God, they don't have it in India. It's beyond a name. They, they, it's a name and it says just go within. Go within. That's what they say. And so is that what you would say you practice doing, going within? Are you practicing going within? Are you asking me? Yeah. Of course. Hmm. That's what meditation is all about. Hmm. 
the kingdom of God. I know the scriptures say, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all the rest will be added unto you. It doesn't even say find first the kingdom of God. Just make it your first priority. Seek first the kingdom of God, which is within you, and all the rest will be added unto you. The, the kingdom of God is within and without. Right? Yeah, mainly, if we don't have it within, we can't see it without. Mm. Because the, what's happening within is directing what I see and what I take in. Yes. Mm. Yes. I mean, if you have heaven in your heart, Gurudev said, you can be in the midst of hell and experience only heaven. And the reverse is also true. If you have hell in your heart, you can be in the midst of heaven and experience only hell. But if I, if I go within and seek truth, will that lead to heaven? I'm sorry? Will that lead to heaven? If you go within, you will find truth. Which is a person that has heaven in their hearts. Then I have heaven in my heart. If I do that, then I find the heaven in my heart, like yeah, you're saying. That's right. Yeah. Abby, you know, they say that we are here on this earth to find God, you know. But I like to think that we are here on this earth to, to manifest God because we were created in the image and likeness of God. So we are here to manifest also, not only to, to seek. So I can then, I can feel the divinity that is myself, that I am a part of God. I can do that at the same time. Arrogance seems like a danger on that path. So to also maintain humility simultaneously. It's basic. Without humility, we are putting a wall, a veil, very thick veil. <laughs> mm. Humility. What is humility? Humility is knowing that only God is acting. Mm. There's yeah. nothing to take credit for. Nothing. Yes. Only God is a, if we think that way, our entire approach to life changes. Even little things like uh, taking the car, going somewhere, or looking at yourself in the mirror. Uh, if you have that attitude, God is in charge. God is acting, that higher power, whether you call it God or whatever. 
then life becomes easy mm. and a joy. Mm. I'm so happy the bells are ringing. <laughs> 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 and to remember that. Oh, isn't that wonderful? Mm. Do you know how these bells, why these bells, and why and how they came to be in Yogaville? No. Gurudev was in Europe many, many, many years ago. I think it was Belgium, but I don't know if that is correct. And uh, he was staying in a hotel, and probably the hotel didn't have air conditioning. So the windows were open. And about a block away from the hotel was this church that rang these bells. And he, he loved them, he loved these bells. So maybe you don't remember the little tape recorders, the tiny tape recorders. Yeah. So he took this little tiny tape recorder and put it on the window and recorded these, that church, the, the bells. And so these are our bells here, a little tiny tape recorder. With a, and one day we were walking with him. And I said, Gurudev, did you record those bells? Because that is a sound that you hear within yourself. And he said, yes, mm. most certainly. And this is a very good recording. So it has connections that seem to be external, but they are internal from the consciousness of the Guru. Mm. He, was, he, was the, he, was the, uh, he was the teaching and the Word made flesh. Mm. What do you mean by that? That he was like the incarnation of, of, of what he was talking about. It was not only talk, it was the living has to be, right? Yeah. The living what? It has to be. Yeah. Well, it has to be that. <laughs> well, he was the living, walking, breathing. 
it's love easy. Of God. It's, it's easy to say something, to just say it. Well, it's easier to say it, but actually to embody it, to be it, a whole other level. Right? He was a living, walking, breathing love of God. That's what he was. That's what he is. How would you describe the change in yourself before meeting Gurudev and after? I would say Like being asleep and waking up. Mm. Like being uh, in a stupor. And being completely alive. Of being uh, focused uncertain on a certain path or in a certain way and experiencing not just believing with my head but experiencing the universal principle that he was sharing transmitting not only believing it mentally but experiencing it I owe that to his training and to his darshan. Was it the love? The love that, that you felt, that you experienced? You felt a, a pureness of love from him that you hadn't yet experienced? Well, I wouldn't say that I had not yet experienced it. But I would say that I experienced it in a different way, in a more expanded way, without limits. And did he inspire you to move further along yourself on your path? Absolutely. Hmm. Absolutely, that's what it was all about. I remember when I first started uh, being a, a disciple of his, he said, if you trust me, speaking about God realization, he said, if you trust me, this can happen very quickly. If you don't trust me, take your suitcases and go, because you could be here 20 years with no results whatsoever. So I trusted him. <laughs> In what ways do you feel that you yourself have progressed? How have you progressed? Quantum leaps in consciousness that continue. As a con we're, we are dealing, Avi, with a truth that is infinite. It doesn't just be realized there and stop. We are dealing with a truth that is infinite. So nobody can say, even the greatest saints, I have arrived. Do you think that's what maybe all, if not many of them, understood? 
that there's no end, that this keeps going. There's always more to learn, more to progress. You can become enlightened and then become more enlightened. Yes. Mm. What is the question? I mean, do, do you... Do you think they, that that was kind of essential to, <laughs> to be a, a saint or a sage, to understand that there isn't an end? That's right. That it's infinite, yes, as you say. Yes, yes. Guru Dev said, always rise above from where you think you are. Mm. Let's say that uh, you that you realize this great truth that you wanted to realize and now you realize it. Oh, really? Well, then rise above. There is more. And then you get to the more, rise above. Keep on rising, keep on rising. It's infinite. And I think back to what you were saying before about acknowledging that there is nothing to take credit for, that this is all God's will, everything that's happening. So being in that space, truly feeling that, that seems to me where you know, at least for myself, I have the most work to do there to remember that because I, because I forget. Well, that's the human nature, the human, the human identified ego to forget. And that's okay too, though, right? That's a part of the process. That's yeah, also a part yeah, of it. Yeah. Yes. Very sticky part. <laughs> when I, when I, uh, in Connecticut, it was a long time ago, when I first started being Gurudev's disciple, uh, sometimes he would send people to me to, to share with me their problems and to expect from me some, some counsel. I never knew what I said after the visit. Let's say you came to me with some, and I, we would speak together. When the visit was over, I never knew what I said. I never knew it was like blank. All I knew was that creation had taken place and that some big change had happened. And... Uh, because I never studied any psychology or things like that. So, I, so when people came to, to me to, to visit with me, if they had any problems, I would have to go into a space within me and say, uh, I don't know anything. I, I have no training. But Gurudev sent them to me. So he must know what he's doing. <laughs> and, then, and then I spoke and I never remember what I said, but I always felt that creation had taken place. And from that change in my consciousness, 
I began to live with a little motto that I even said to myself, give all of your life, every moment of your life. Give it all. Even when I'm putting lipstick on. Give it. That's rising above. Rising above. Give all of your life, every moment of your life. And above the rising above, something happened very beautiful that he, he led me into this state of consciousness that was, that was universal. So this is why having a guru is so priceless. Uh, so when I returned or whatever from that state, I began to thank him and I said, thank you, Gurudev. There is so much joy, so much joy, I said to him, thank you. I don't even know how, how to thank you. And then he said, the trick is to make it permanent. So I asked him, do you have any suggestions? <laughs> <laughs> and he said, yes, always rise above from where you think you are. Let's say that, that you or I or anybody has realized the big truth that you've been wanting to know about, and then you realize it. You feel so happy. Rise above. It becomes small. And then you continue. Rise above. And you continue to rise and rise and rise. It's a different game. It's a different game because I think it has nothing to do with anyone else. That the, the trap often can be, you know, if, if I have a wonderful experience of life, or may, maybe I have many of them, mm -hmm. and then I compare myself to another human being, that's a different game. And that's satisfying something inside of myself that maybe is insecure. But this, this is something else that has nothing to do with anyone else. It has to do, does it have to do with making the most of our time and this opportunity? Yes, I would say that's a great part of it, yes. Do you think that awe is the most appropriate response to life. What? I'm sorry. Awe. Awe and wonder. Oh, yes. Wonder. Yes. Yes. And when you are filled with wonder, you, are, you can't help it but be filled with praise and with gratitude. Mm. Yeah. Do you feel grateful right now? Yes, very grateful. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I feel that I'm being blessed. Very grateful to be with you, to exchange our thoughts, to experience the love between you and me that is connected with the universal love. It's a miracle yeah. of joy. And when we rise above, when we practice doing that, it seems then that we can meet 
in a different place. Absolutely. Uh, let's say that the two people are together. One is here, the other one is here. Out of this one comes a ray of light. Out of this one comes a ray of light. They meet here. And that is the truth of the relationship. That is, okay, it's neither good or bad. If it comes out like this, comes out like this, it's simply right. The Lord, our righteousness, is neither good or bad. It's, it's just right. True. Yes. Mm. It's right. And is that is that what, you know, truth is one, paths are many, is about, is acknowledging there's... There's different ways, there's different methods. Yes. We can meet at the truth. You can meet at the truth. Mm. It's like a soup. You make a soup and then you, you eat it. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what God's doing? Yeah. <laughs> uh, for a person who might be struggling to find what is my purpose in life? What should I be doing with my time? What might you say to them? Well, of course, depending on the person, each person is in a different state. But I would say, go within mm. and have faith in the fact that there's always a plan a unique plan for everything, for the universe, for the earth, for each one of us. And with faith, call forth for that. Let that divine plan that is on heaven, in heaven, my divine plan that is in heaven, manifest on earth through my life. For the glory of God and the blessing of mankind. It's never for ourselves. Everything is about service. Even our own realization is not about us being realized. We get realized for the benefit of the whole creation. Yeah. Yeah, I think of Gurudev saying, why am I eating? What am I eating? Why am I eating? Uh-huh. For the benefit of all creation. If everything to, that he did. To be aware of that. Yes. Everything that you do, that was his teaching. The first thing he would ask, what is the benefit of this? About anything, anything. Uh, a person, okay, what is the benefit? That's the first question he would ask. If there's no benefit for anybody, that action it's, it's uh, valueless. Always, always, that was the thing he would ask. What is the benefit of this? Even objects, what is the benefit? It seems like such an obvious question to ask. I know. <laughs> well, you know... Uh, Everything about life is like that. If 
the, the, uh, let me, by the words, the human consciousness has uh, put life in little, inside little drawers. If you want to laugh, go to the theater and see a comedy. If you want to worship God, go into a building. If you want to, uh, everything is constrained in the human consciousness. Uh, they say, for instance, Gurudev, for instance, he would go to a movie and he would laugh at all the wrong places. And they say that Ananda Moima was like that also. She would just laugh. And the other people didn't know what she was seeing, but she, it's a different type of consciousness. Yeah. Gurudev would laugh at all the wrong places in the movies. So even, even to see a movie and ask, what is the benefit of yeah. me watching I, I this movie? <laughs> Probably. <he did. laughs> to be inspired, to laugh, because yeah. I feel healthy and then I can do more service. Yeah. yeah. Service feels like this great discovery to really, truly be aware that my heart, that's what my heart wants. Oh, Bobby, I love you. <laughs> I love you too. Yeah, but I mean, you're seeing things so clearly. That's why you can ask questions. Yeah. Thank you. Mm. This is wonderful. Mm. What made you... What inspired you to do this type of work? <laughs> I was observing after moving here mm -hmm. all of the bright lights that were around. Mm -hmm. And I thought that I knew that people would benefit from hearing someone like you. You see, benefit. Right. <laughs> That's what Gurudev would ask. Yeah. What is the benefit? Yeah. So that was a wonderful um, discovery and a wonderful purpose for you to do this because you're serving others. Yeah. It's amazing that what happens at the same time, though, when I'm doing that, I feel I'm also serving myself at the same exact time. Yes, uh, yes, we are one. Yeah. Do you know that when we eat, we can feed thousands? Or whatever we do, because it's the law of the one. There's only one, one spirit. So what we do for ourselves, we're doing for Everybody, eating, sleeping, taking a shower. <laughs> so w would you say that what you're feeling inside yourself is always having an effect also on the outside? It's vibrating, so something is happening in exchange Every Gurudev <clears throat> said, you are a universal being until it dins in you that every act, every thought, 
every movement, every anything that you do is affecting the entire universe. He also used to ex express this thought in a different way. He would say, we are the babysitters of the universe. One day, having lunch with guests, I said, that is a very profound thought, to think that we are the babysitters of this world. And he said, I didn't say that, Amma. I said we are the babysitters of the universe until it dins in you that every thought, every action, every feeling of yours is affecting the entire universe, the galaxies, the entire thing. So that is a very uh, profound thought because imagine how that inspires you to be as pure as you can, unselfish, because we're affecting the whole thing. Yes, that's so, what I say. So when, yeah. when a person is experiencing cleanliness and the purity of love, that purity is having an effect on the cosmos every moment. Everyone. Everything. This is who we are. So when we think that way, that is so uh, inspiring and conducive to live our lives in, in, the, in the purest way. In the... And I, I think why I ask it too is it seems on a cultural level, there's a lot of emphasis on words and actions. Mm -hmm. And that's what my question is. Would it be wiser to focus on the feeling and then the words and the actions take care of themselves? The feeling gives them uh, meaning. The feeling world. This is why we were speaking this morning, I think. Uh, uh, almost the entire humanity, I mean in general, is acting from a mistaken identity. Mistaken identity. And the uh, purpose is to find our true identity. Because we're identified with, with the persona, with the person, not with the being in ourselves. So, mistaken identity. You know, when you see all the changes that are happening in the world today, people trying to, faint, to change their sex, their organs, and all kinds of things. It's just the same thing. They're trying to find identity. The same situation. Uh, because identity. Identity. It's a very important word. Oh, yes. With, whom, with what are you identifying? 
So it's possible to identify with the oneness, yes, with the divine, yes, or to identify with the uh, with, with the uh, separation. Mm. Does it? We live in a quantum world, and so whatever we put our attention on, that's what we are creating. Yeah, quantum I, physics. <laughs> I think about it with children. You know, that that's the the yeah. best example of the creation of the identity of separation. Yes, right. You're this is your name. You're this person. Care about how you look. <laughs> <laughs> Care about how other people think about you. It's okay because it's here. But the possibilities of a different way yes. exist. Wow. Being a parent is such an incredible position to be in. Yeah. Because you have to be a parent <laughs> to be a good parent. You have to, to be, a, what is the word that I'm looking for? transparent or something. Mm. It has to be the example. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel that. Yeah, you're all, a father. All the time with, yes. And I know that the culture is going to have its effect and <laughs> all of that. It's finding a balance, maybe accepting and also but all of it happens naturally, like you said, when I'm letting go to my actions are not mine. Listen to the bells. What about you? Do you feel that you are... Uh, Expressing or living your dharma? Wait. Yes. See, Abby, we spoke about your dharma and the bells rang. <laughs> <laughs> In celebration mm. of your dharma. <laughs> Would you like to ask me again? Huh? 
Would you like to ask me again the question? Have you, do you feel that you are uh, in your dharma? Mm. I think I could answer on two levels. Uh -huh. One, of course. How could it be any other way? Yeah, good. <laughs> <laughs> the, on the other level, there's always more. There's always more. And there's a movement happening. I, I equate it to cleanliness a lot, right? And, and also, of course, service. I believe that all of us have the same dharma, like what you spoke of, and yes. it's service, is yes. to do something beneficial. Yes. If I get quiet and I ask... Uh, so, yeah, th there's always more work to be done to get more clean, to remember that I'm a part of something, that I'm not separate. Because I'm still getting caught all the time in the separation. So I practice remembering. Uh, you're still remembering and, and getting free from the getting caught. Yeah. Yeah. And you say, I am getting free and free and free and free. Yeah. That's a perfect answer. And trying to see it as a game, as play. Yes. That will also help me. That is helping me. Yes. You know, a light, a sense of lightness uh, and gratitude. Really feeling it. That it can all end right now. Not it all, but this incarnation of uh -huh, yes. myself and that that's okay. To really be okay with that. It's not always easy. Uh but yeah, to have fun. I see a, a major difference between looking at this as something I have to get through. I'm suffering, kind of slogging through life. And then the other way is that this is the most amazing opportunity. Well, the number one that you just mentioned is pure ego. It's pure human ego. It's uh, anything that squeezes us, that limits us has to do uh, with our human ego. You know, in the prayer we say, let all be free from suffering. And in my mind, I'm adding, let all be free from the ego, which is the only thing that causes suffering. From the human ego, the ignorant ego. Because you, if you are identified with your higher self, there is no judgment. There is no, there's no suffering. Is there fear? No fear. We were created to be beings of faith mm. because we are created in the image and likeness of God. And one of the names of God is faith. So we live by faith. See, even when great fear comes, what is that? It's faith in what we don't want, but it's still faith. Without faith, faith, I would say it's impossible to live your dharma. <laughs> no, that's right. 
Faith is the force, the victorious force that overcomes the, the world. Feel, the Maya. In, this, in this moment, it feels as necessary as water. I'm sorry. In this moment, yes. it feels as necessary as water. Yes. Look at your eyes. <laughs> it's such a joy. Such but, a joy. But it's so true about meeting together, you know, oh, yeah. and how we influence each other. Yes. I mean, when I'm around you, it's different. Uh, it's, I'm, I feel supported. Oh, how wonderful. Yeah. Praise God. Thank God. Yeah. Love God. Praise God. Glory to God. And to me, the stillness, the stillness, that's where I feel God the most. So I wonder, do you consider, you know, how much time in silence, how much time in using words, being exposed, listening to words, that of course words are, are beautiful and we can share like this and listen to things, uh, but is it important to you not to overdo it and and to feel well balanced with space and words? Yeah. There is the great, great silence. Uh, there are like different levels of silence, but when we go into the great, great silence. That's where all the wisdom is. <laughs> great, great silence. Who is the one who said, was it one of those Greek philosophers? All I know is that I don't know anything. So let, letting go. Yes. Letting go of the need to know. That's great. That's great. Letting go of the need to know. I must remember that. <laughs> <laughs> How about prayer? How would you define what prayer is and for someone maybe who would like to start praying as a practice? in their lives, how might one start? Prayer is just communion. You mean to pray for other people? What, what do you mean? Whatever, however you define prayer. How would, how would you define what prayer is and how can you start praying? Yeah. What prayer is when we meditate and we commune, that's prayer. Hmm. Then there's another level. When you send good thoughts, we don't have to, st to kneel down and pray. But when you send good thoughts to a person or, or to situations, to stamp, when, stamp them with perfection through the imperfect, to keep on stamping things with the perfection of God. 
Mm. With the perfection. See, that's a, a very different understanding of, of prayer, I would say, than what is common. Often the prayer is praying for something. I want this to happen, right? But it seems that there's ego there. I think I know what is supposed to happen. Well, and then you're telling God what to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So not that kind of prayer. No. Prayer. Mm. no. That is just uh, human thinking. So as you said, stamping. This is God. This is God. This is the universal law. Seek ye first. Look, I'm going to start the kingdom of God is within you. Seek first the kingdom of God and all the rest will be added unto you. Imagine, it doesn't even say find the kingdom of God. It just says seek first, make it your first priority and everything else will be added unto you. And where is the kingdom of God? Within you. The kingdom of God is within you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Make it your first priority. And all the rest will be added unto you. Amma, thank you. And thank you for always rising above. <laughs> <laughs> We're rising above together, sweetheart. <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this content and think others might as well, please feel free to share and subscribe.